every day. He had given up his medical practice by that time, but he was determined to complete some papers he'd begun, summations of ideas that he'd developed in the course of his career on the neurological and psychiatric origins of certain forms of pathological behavior. A friend of mine, a teaching assistant at a local university, was helping him to organize his thoughts and bring coherence to his writing. On occasion, when my father asked, I would help him too. It was not long after this, however, that my father's restlessness would overcome his capability for concentration. After an hour or two of work, he would push the pages aside, get up from his desk, put on his jacket and an overcoat if it was cold weather, go down to the lobby of the building and head off into the nearby streets for another of his evening journeys. One night in 1992, he asked me to sit down with him in a room of his apartment that he'd been using to store an old examination table and some other items from his former office. He said there was something he needed to discuss with me. He told me that he hadn't yet decided whether it was wise to discuss this with my mother. After he had closed the door and both of us were seated, He started to lay out to me, in fairly graphic terms, what he described as new and more specific indications of problems he was having, which he said were clearly neurological. He checked again to be sure the door was firmly closed, and then began explaining to me what he meant by more specific indications. He said that he'd been having spells— He added that he did not mean by this the incidence of memory loss, which he called amnestic spells, but something of a different order altogether. He spoke of these as brief attacks of interrupted consciousness, during which he recognized a sudden cutoff from my own surroundings, a definite blocking of capacity, lasting maybe only for a millisecond or for several seconds or a trifle more, These episodes, he said, had been preceded in each instance by an aura of impending danger that he likened to the sense of warning epileptics often feel just prior to a seizure. He did not say this with the urgent sense of self-concern one might expect a series of events like these would ordinarily arouse. Instead, he spoke as if he was attempting to position these events at a distance from himself— so that he could speak of them with the detachment of an interested observer. I can pinpoint this as a neurologist, he said, and he speculated that his recollection of what he'd been observing in himself might hold potential value for clinicians and researchers. For this reason, he plugged in his office tape machine, which he'd used to dictate letters and reports on patients he was treating, and he recorded the remainder of our conversation. He said that the amnestic spells were clear-cut indications of degeneration of the cells in the cortex of the brain and in the hippocampus, and he showed me, by the placement of his hand, exactly where the hippocampus lies. He speculated also that many strokes of very short duration, which he termed a vascular phenomenon, were in all likelihood the reason for his episodes of interrupted consciousness. Even more specific was the detail that he brought to the portrayal of that aura of anticipation that preceded this. He described it as a feeling of uncommon and uncomfortable heat, a hood of heat, as it were, that someone or some unknown force is drawing down over my forehead and my eyes, as far down maybe as my chest or throat, and in another and 
to me, more memorable phrase, a feeling of impending desecration of my own autonomy, a premonition of my imminent removal from contextual reality. During that experience, or intermingled somehow with the loss of consciousness that followed, my father told me he was suddenly aware of a very bright light, like that of a locomotive bearing down upon you in a station. But then, after a moment of reflection, he corrected this from singular to plural. No, not a single light. Many lights. And then, as if he was, step by step, retrieving the experience with more and more precision, he said, I'm now recalling it more clearly. This was not a static light. It was more like flashing lights coming up in rhythm, thousands of lights shooting upward, and symmetrical. I remember that this frightened me.